Welcome to episode 336 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Hey, Jason, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Pretty good. I'm a mountain man, and I'm happy about it. Still loving the mountain, huh? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so you've had? Uh, did you have your second yet? Your second vaccine yet? Now? That's uh, like in a week and a half or something. Oh, oh, okay. Because uh, yeah, I thought it was like two weeks. Because the last time we spoke, you'd had your other one, and this is two weeks. Amazingly. No, no, it's a. So I've actually been thinking. I'm considering. Okay, so maybe we should start doing them every weekend. Oh, perfect. Again. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, so I've decided I'm going to kick the marketing back in gear or into gear for Math Academy. Yeah. Um, I mean, nice. I th- I'm thinking the, the launch will probably happen sometime late summer, early fall. Yeah. Probably late summer. And so I need to get I need to get out in the public again. I mean, I really haven't done anything in, you know, whatever, a decade. Um, <laughs> wait, so, wait, wait! No, no, you've done something because because the, the show's been going for a decade, and you've done something during the show. So. Well, I mean, I haven't made even the slightest effort to to build an audience. It's been eleven years since I've written anything. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you know the easiest way to to get some early traction, to get some users, to get some you know awareness of what we're doing is to uh, is to write some blog posts that get some traction, hit the front page of Hacker News or whatever. And I feel like I got probably 50 stories, <laughs> things that I can talk about. I got a, I got a bunch that I keep coming up on. I'm like, oh, that's going to work. That's going to work. That's going to work. Um, and, uh, but I guess got to start writing again, right? I got to, you know, it's funny. I, I went to, um, went to the blog and, you know, it's all written in like this really old PHP stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I was just sort of a ma- manually built website, which I'm going to keep it like that. I'm not yeah, going to. Why, why bother? Yeah. I'm not going to cut it some hosting service or whatever. I'm just going to, which is fine. I like I like having a sort of homebrew because I can do whatever I want with it, mm-hmm. right? And PHP is so easy to use. It's so easy to write stuff and and get it going. You know, I mean, I've been doing my. No, no. JS has been my primary development platform for the last, I don't know, decade or so. But you know, I look at a lot of the stuff I do in Node. I'm like, this whole thing could have built PHP, no problem. Oh yeah, right. So, but anyway, so I, I I was looking back and I was I was looking at the blog and I'm like, God, so much of this stuff is out of date. You know, it's back <laughs> when I was doing freelance consulting and all this random stuff, and I'm just like, oh my God, I can't. I got to delete all this crap, and. uh and then I was looking, and then I tried to get my Twitter account going, and I tried to log in, and I couldn't log in. Like, my <laughs> password, whatever, didn't work. And so then I, um, I went through the whole recovery process, and my, the email I used to set up was my Yahoo email, which I haven't used in, like, 15 years. Oh, man. That's so tough. <laughs> I was like, and so then I was like, how the hell do I get into my Yahoo account? Does that even still exist? And so it was sort of like an archaeological dig um, for an afternoon where I'm like, okay, how do I log in? How do I get on my website? I was like, what is this? Like, oh, yeah, I used to FTP there and I need an FTP client. And I'm like, what's, what are my, what's my login? What's the IP address? Like, I couldn't, it took a little while to get out to find all that stuff. It's been so long. 
Well, of course, you remember that um, the the blogging on Hacker News was a competition between us. It was not. We we had a competition. That was a competition in your head with we, me. We literally had a competition. We said that it was a competition. No, it was and, not. Um, it was I not. do believe that I won that competition with my entrepreneur post. <laughs> No. <laughs> Although you with your how I screwed my screwed up my Google acquisition, you did incredibly well with that. Yeah, that was not a competition. I think <laughs> I think I wrote I wrote one or two blog posts and then you were like, Oh, I want to do that too. And that was a competition that you had in your head. There was no competition that we oh, had. Oh, I'm sure that some listeners will, will will be able to dig it up in the past. Your exact quotes. <laughs> oh. But yeah, the other thing is we were we were like um we were brainstorming the ideas back and forth, like the titles. Like we'd uh -huh. run past, run titles past each other, and sort of say, "Do you think this one's gonna? What do you think? What do you think of this one?" I thought that was really cool. That process of like, um, mm -hmm. just titles back and forth. It's like a pre-qualifier. It's like a sort of like, yeah, you know. And, but not just you and me. It was also with Phil, and, and I, there were some other people as well. What? I I never did that with Phil. I think What's, you're talking much. This is many years later. Yeah, you're thinking of because you're writing stuff many years later. That's no. Well, Ultraform was at the same time as. Um, that. I think that was a little bit later. Okay. Oh, all right. That was later. Because, again, I, post, I I wrote that stuff in, like, 2010. I think Entrepreneur was a year or no, two that after was, that. that was 2009. Wait, let me just see. Entrepreneur in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. 2011. Yeah, that stuff was later. But that's not the biggest success I've had. Um, I think... Well, the the biggest success we've had collectively in terms of listen is is we've had over a million listens to this podcast. If you sort really? of if you add everything up, yeah. Oh, and, okay. And then um, my 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 Woyano viral video, "Are You a Genius?" has had uh, over two million views. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. <laughs> well, the the not the one video, but there was like there was like four four a series of four, and together they've had two million views. Right, but yeah, right. I, I do believe that uh, if you know you could hit the front page of Hacker News a few times, and yeah, it would be pretty I, good. I got some. Um, I was thinking, I got some uh, stories of the early days at Uber. Nice. That I think will be interesting for people to hear about. Um, you know, I got, I got, of course, stuff to talk about Math Academy. I have stuff to talk about, you know, technology. I, I don't know. I just have a, I have a list of things I've been just kind of going through in my head. So, how does a weekly what, show fit into that? Yeah, I'll be just kind of get going again. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the weekly show really. I mean, our listener base is not big enough to move the needle on this kind of stuff, really. I don't think. Well, I but, think it is in in the sense that, I mean, influencers like us, and I think that's kind of a key point. <laughs> I don't know. If we call ourselves influencers. <laughs> no, no, we're not influencers. <laughs> oh, we're I not just influencers. Said influencers. Like, I don't think but we're influencers. influencers like us. Like there are there are influencers who like us. I don't know why. Uh, oh, but for example, Rob Rob Walling listens to the show. You know, stuff like that. So, and okay. and he's not the only one. Like, there's quite a few, and have quite a few podcasts started because of people listening to texting. So, mm -hmm. I think people I think people think it's kind of a rare thing, given that it is. Like, it used to just be, you know, a couple of times a year. So, if we start going back once every week, I think that could be good. We're going to get to that ten thousand listeners that we've always we've always I promised. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I believe it. I don't it. know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, but I, I, you know, I, I'm gonna think of. I mean, we'll do, we're doing it twice a week now. But I'm just thinking about it, um, just in terms of getting me sort of mentally in, sort of the uh, going public with things. That sort of frame of mind. 
you know, because I've be... been sort of I've been sort of hunkered down, dug in, just yeah. doing math academy behind mm-hmm. the scenes for you know. I mean, ever, ever since. I mean, I'm trying to think. I guess it was when the last time I was trying to push anything out was uh, Inifu, and uh, yeah. we basically that pretty much died in like 2012, 2013, mm-hmm. and so. You know, we were talking eight, nine years ago. And since then, I was just, you know, I was working at Uber and then, um, and then was just doing the math academy stuff with the, with the school system. So it was, there was nothing to really try and promote. It was, there was no gain in spending any time, you know, writing, writing blog posts or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause there's nothing to do it for. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, if you really just want to do it for the sake of doing it, but it's like, I don't know. I'm I'm much more goal oriented, so I kind of have to have like a an an end in mind. Yeah. You know, why what what's the why would I spend you know five or six or eight hours or whatever it is you know working on a blog post? It does if, take a long time, like to really polish it and get it right. Right. Yeah. It it, does. Like I think that's a, that's that's a, a good number. Yeah, and um, you know. And if you're trying to build like an an email list or a, an audience so that you can then you have something in mind that you want to launch, then you know you're in a really good position. If you have, you know, fifty thousand Twitter followers or whatever, but if you if you have twenty fifty thousand Twitter followers and you don't do anything with it, I mean, you know, first of all, that's going to dwindle, and second of all, like, what's the point? Well, I think it's going to work. I think that I, I'm obviously got a big smile on my face. Like, I'm super happy to hear you say that. Like, I can't believe it. Texting every week. That's going to be crazy. Um, <laughs> um, but it's also great because we've both got products to promote. You know, we've both got mm-hmm. products to talk about and think about, which is perfect. And we'll be doing blog posts and we'll be talking about our, our marketing ideas to sort of get it out there and promote it. So I think it will make for an interesting texting as well, not just not just random talk, which, right, which well, many years of texting has been just random talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, it's interesting. I was speaking of the um, of the uh, you know marketing ideas. Have you seen the uh, that newsletter first one thousand? Um, is I I've heard about one thousand uh, true fans. Is, no, is, that's is, ten thousand true fans. Ten thousand true fans. Is that something similar or no? No. Tell me it, about it. it. No, so so I, I I don't know. I think I stumbled upon it on the Hacker News, as of course where I find most things, I guess. But um, and th- this guy basically started um doing sort of a breakdown of like how certain companies got their first thousand users. Mm, right? mm. How did Instagram or Spotify or or whatever? I can't. I mean, I don't remember all the all the companies he's profiled. He's only done like you know a half dozen or so at this point. But I was like, you know, that's. That's really interesting because it's like, you know, you, you read these sort of um, articles on getting users and things. And it's sort of, uh, it's sort of like, uh, it just, it, it's so different at, at which stage you're at, right? I mean, you're talking like, you know, you already have hundreds of thousands of users, already have millions of users, you're trying to do some growth hacking stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's like, well, what do you do to get to the first thousand? I mean, really, it's like you have different stages. You have your first 10, uh-huh. right? And that's like, okay, email your friends and the few people you know who've talked to, you've talked about who are kind of interested in this space. You can get 10 just by reaching out. Maybe 10. You can reach 5 to 25 in that sort of just personal friends and yeah. contacts. Yeah. You know, in that kind of range. Um, then to go to 100 takes a little more work. 
you got to start kind of really looking through your Rolodex, friends of friends, you know, um, you know, I don't know. There's obviously a lot of different techniques, you know, for, for doing that, um, you know, Twitter or LinkedIn or something. But then it's like, okay, so you get 100. And then it's like, well, 100 to 1,000, I think, is a, is a bigger jump. Like, then you start to have to, you have to get a little more systematic about it. And you have to have lots of different ideas. And depending on what you're, what kind of thing it is you're selling, it just depends, right? I mean, is it a mobile app? Is it a uh, business to business app? Is it enterprise? Is it um, uh, free and ad based? Or is it a freemium? I mean, you know, all those things change how, who you can contact, how you can interact with them, where you can find them that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there do seem to be a lot of things that you can generally do in that first thousand range from going to a hundred to a thousand. And, um, you know, and I had been sort of been thinking that in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, when I, when I make Math Academy public, what are the kinds of things I'm gonna start doing? And, you know, you can write a, some blog post to Hacker News and you can build up Twitter following, that will help, but that's not gonna be enough. Usually, you got to do some other things. Well, it depends on whether you're talking about. Do you have, do you have like a free um, funnel, or do you are you talking about getting paid customers? Um, I mean, I think it just you depends. Talk about a mailing list. I think there's I think other things. I mean, I mean, yeah. I think, like I said, there's lots of different things you can do, and it depends on. Yeah, like I said, it depends on your product. Well, your but what are you thinking? What are you thinking for what, me? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not free. Um, there'll be a, there might be a freemium. Uh, aspect to it where you can access some amount of content or you can access for you know 30 days or whatever but it's not going to be a it's not going to be a free yeah because if you do have if you do have like a sort of a free path then you know obviously i'm pretty familiar with with that uh, process Mm -hmm. and getting Mm -hmm. like you know well Let's see, we've got 7,000 in Nugget. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure you can get a couple of thousand um, with a product with a couple of good Hacker News stories and a Product Hunt launch. You probably get a yeah. couple of thousand just from Product Hunt if you, if you set it up right. Right. So, so it's interesting reading about this. I mean, he goes through the breakdown of like, you know, the product launch and, you know, being interviewed like indie hackers and mm. Hacker News and this. Like he goes through all the different things and like, and he was, and he actually was kind of, interesting as he was in his newsletter he was breaking down like how he got his first hundred or thousand and now he's up over i think he's like 11 or twelve thousand subscribers yeah. and you know how he got to one thousand he's like yes and then he got depressed because it was like really hard to get to two thousand <laughs> you know that's sort of you know things go well and they grow and then you for, sort of like the tricks that were working before aren't working any, anymore they're not moving the needle yeah and then and then you do something else in it and it, it works you know and mm-hmm. um Anyway, I think it's really uh, it's really good. I actually exchanged an e- a couple of emails with him earlier today. Um, I've just I just sent him a quick email saying that I was doing a good job, and um, you know uh, he actually emailed me back, <laughs> so we went back and forth a little bit. But um, I don't know. I, I, I find that when you when you really kind of zoom in on how on all the very specific tactics that people are trying for very early stage startups. And they actually go through like, this worked, this didn't work, yeah. this kind of worked, this worked the second time, these are the things I did to make it work the second time, you know, how many I actually got at each stage. Mm-hmm. I think it's great information because I think what it reminds you is that, first of all, it's gonna be a slog. 
yeah. right? It's not <laughs> going to like, no. you're not going to knock it out of the park on the first day and have like people beating down your doors. That just doesn't work that way. Um, and if there are going to be spikes and things are going to go well, and then it's going to be a dead, and then you're going to try a bunch of stuff and nothing's going to work and you get depressed and then you're going to try something else. You're like, woohoo, I got a new play, you know? So you just have to, but it's like, no matter how prepared you are for that psychological roller coaster, you still go on the psychological roller coaster and mm. it still sucks. So you have to kind of reinforce yourself psychologically. Like there's going to be up and downs, right? No matter what. Some things are just not going to work. Some things I think are absolutely going to work and they're just not. It's like when you think of like, so, oh, I got this blog post. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and then it doesn't make it off the new well, page and it dies. You're like, oh, I mean, the thing depressing. about it, one thing about Hacker News is um, you need to submit a couple of times, like, you, and you're allowed to. You know, so you could submit it a, like uh, a couple of weeks later to just oh, give, it a, to right? give it. Is that right? Yeah, you can. Yeah. To give it that second shot. Um, Michael Lynch wrote a course, you know, how to get on the front page of Hacker News. And basically, it's sort of like codified version of all the things we've been talking about for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like you have to write well to the audience. You have to write a topic that they're interested in. You can submit it a couple of times, all this different stuff. But yeah, um, sorry, my, my Apple Watch is pinging me. I'm going to put it away. Yeah, I Joe. think I think the key is I think the key is right. You have to come up with a good idea. Yeah. Now, you have to come up with a good idea. You have to execute well on it. Like you got to write something that's that's interesting. It's got to be and, interesting. There's no gaming it. Like it's got to be actually interesting. Interesting. And you um and you got to write a good hook. You have to have a good hook and a good title. And if the if the title doesn't grab people, a lot of times it's just, it's just not going to work. Because you got to, people, they're scanning that new page, it's got to kind of pop out to them. Um, and a lot of people just kind of, you know, struggle with one or more of those things. Now, you can do things like, well, this time of day or whatever, I can submit it most times. But it's like, if you get those first three, three things correct, good idea. That's on. That's you. You know, there's going to be a, a sort of a, a, um, a, a an audience for this. They're going to find this interesting. You do a really good job executing, and you write a great title. I mean, you're you probably got a um, you know fifty percent shot of making the front page. I think yeah. I mean, uh, that was the book that I ended up starting to write before I got hooked into Morning Brief was how to get free traffic, and I really have been thinking about all that, all this type of stuff, and I think. You're right about the title. I think the title is like 80% of it. Basically, if you just, because if you think about your titles, like how I screwed up my Google acquisition, mm-hmm. like how can someone not read that? It was the ultimate rubbernecking, <laughs> you know, title, right? People are like, what happened there? You know, it's oh, like, oh man, it's brutal. It's like you're driving the, it's like you're driving on the, uh, the highway, the traffic was done, you pulled over and there's like four cars mangled upside down. You can't stop and look, you know? Well, so it's sort of like the man on wire concept. So that's like, that just grabs their attention. Now you've just got to live up to that promise when they get to the blog post and then they're like, Huh, yeah, it's a really interesting story. As long as you live up, fulfill the promise of the title, then they're going to go back to Hacker News and go, yeah, that was cool. Then they, then you get your upvote. Then the next person mm-hmm. comes, you know? Yeah. So, so you it's get, like I mean, that yeah, cycle. You, yeah, yeah, I mean, but it's the same as everything. It's like you, 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 the market, the, the title is kind of like the marketing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the, uh, the article itself is a substance. Like you have to have something of value, right? Yeah. Like why am I going to take five to 15 minutes reading this thing. You know, you want people to come by like, that was really interesting. And that was very entertaining or, or both or whatever. But um, anyway, 
I would just be kind of going through, you know, different things, and I'm trying to figure out like really the order that I want to do, because what I what I want to do at the at the is do a is a call out at the bottom of it to like you know get people to sign up for uh, a waiting list for Math Academy, you know, with a little blur about what it is, mm-hmm. and so I'm thinking, you know, I probably need to write something relevant related to Math Academy first as a blog post, so at least if they're reading about this there's something that may at least to another article about that so like wait, some what reference this yeah this is reference this is what he's doing yeah yeah what is this you know the stupid Who is this man thing? <laughs> is this crap? you um, know right so it's like i was kind of thinking i was kind of initially i was thinking i could lead with some of these uber stories which i'm like oh, i this is this is going to be a layup you know it's like the early days at uber and things like that and you know, I think, oh, people are just, it's going to be interesting, right? If someone said the early days at Spotify or Google, the early engineering challenge, or, you know, you know you'd be like, you'd want to read that stuff. It's just all you've got to do is do your Math Academy post and just say, I'm, and then just at the end, at every bottom of every post, post, just like we've always done, I'm, you know, I'm building Math Academy. If you want to check it out, click here. Or, you know, to, to learn about it, click here. And then they'll they'll just click through. So yeah, you're right. Just do that first post. I wanted to tell you about um, a really great resource along the lines of the ones that you're talking about, uh, zerotousers.com. Um, it's a guy who's basically done uh, almost 500 interviews with founders um, about how they got their first traffic. And he's put together this PDF that's just really lays it out really nice. Every acquisition channel. So it's very similar. Okay, so w- say it again. What was it? It's called z- zero to users dot com. But the PDF. To users. Okay. But the PDF is super pithy. It's like it lists out like a like a couple of hundred acquisition channels, and you can just look through it line by line by line. And it's like you know this is good because of this. This is good because of this. And it's I think it's the best resource of that kind that I've seen. I really okay. like it. Yeah. And um. Uh, and the newsletter, Ali is the guy who is the name of the guy who runs it. Uh, nice. It's called first1000.co. So oh, first1000.co. Okay, great. So, yeah. But, you know, it's, I think I think it's the first 1,000. It's such a big deal. Like, if you, if you could get to 1,000, like, you're in the game a little bit, right? I mean, you at least have a shot. It's where people die in, is then the no users to a handful of people. Right, they just can't get past. They can't get any escape velocity. If you could get to a thousand, it's like the you 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 probably have enough momentum and motivation to go to to ten thousand. Now, whether you can turn it into a successful business or whatever, that's a different issue. But it's like my one of my favorite sayings is like nothing nothing succeeds like success. Right, you once mm. you get some positive momentum going. Um, it's just a huge asset. And that's the hardest thing is go, it's like getting moving at all, getting anything going, getting, you know, it's like, because a lot of these startups are like tech oriented introverts who, who are really smart and have a cool idea and they build all this stuff out. And then they don't, un, and they don't, you know, this is a battle you've been fighting for years. I know. So this is, um, people but, don't try. Uh, the only thing that has stopped me from actually like achieving a larger amount of success is actually wanting to promote something. <laughs> I have not felt like I have had something that I really wanted to promote. It just wasn't good enough. It wasn't at that phase. Mm. Um, so, and that that's true of Plugio and that's true of um, of, of Nugget. Um, hopefully that's not going to be true of Morning Breed. Um, 
But yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, if you if you if you really if you think what you're doing is really going to add value to people and solve exactly. real problems and yeah. is, is a really, then it's easy to talk about it, right? You can't stop yourself from talking about it, writing up. It. It's when you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's you know, I think it could work. I'm hoping to make some money off this thing. You know, it's I think there might be a market. Like that's not it. It's uh, the people can can feel the lack of passion and belief in you, right? Nobody's. It's just, it's that sort of inauthentic voice that turns people off, right? I wanted to bring up something that's slightly related. Mm -hmm. um, just related in the sense that, um, I guess it's something I was thinking about for Nugget, and I wanted to just run it past you as a concept and see what you think. Mm -hmm. um, this blog, did you read the blog post, The Ponzi Career? No, I didn't. I saw it. But so it. One, one of the, it, it talks about a few different things, but one of the things it talks about is deferred costs. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's an ISA, um, which is basically a form of a loan where, well, let me just read this out. The Lambda School Income Share Agreement is a form of deferred tuition under which you agree to pay 17% of your post-Lambda School salary for 24 months, but only once you're making more than 50000 a year, and it's capped at 30000 so you'll never pay more than that. What do you right. think of that as a general concept about people learning from you and then not paying anything but sort of paying on the back end if it if it becomes successful for them uh, you know it's it's interesting i mean this this sort of i can't remember there's another term for it it's um because I, I this is this is not new right there there's been things tried like this over the last you know five to ten years um okay the, on the one hand, you think, oh, this is great because it allows a lot of people who don't have the financing available they, uh, to, to do something like they can't get out a loan, they, their parents don't have enough money, you know, they don't have enough room on their credit cards or money saved up to do some boot camp or whatever it is they want to do. So you're like, okay, this is a, a very equitable way to get people into our program, when, which will train them to to get a real job and make real money. And and I, you know, if that that number, those numbers that you quoted me are very reasonable. You make at least fifty thousand. It's capped. It's only for two years. I mean, it's. I, I think that's a um, a very reasonable thing. Now, on the other hand, I can see once you get to a certain size and people don't seem, uh, and 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 the, and the students aren't as connected to the founders and the people, and it's just like a a, a thing. You can see people trying to um, get around it, right? Mm trying mm. to get through loopholes and you know you're always going to have some sleazy people who do stuff like that They're like oh yeah you know i just do freelancing so it's not really a thing and then i go i work and then i don't work and then i travel around and have to pay and you know you could just see people doing it's on a like system that. based isn't it but, but i just find it so fascinating it's interesting also in the article um they're saying that if i'm reading correctly sixteen thousand purdue students have actually uh, entered into an agreement like this for the yeah, University I, of Purdue. I, I, it sounds very reasonable to me. Uh, see, okay, 1,600, sorry, not 16,000. Here's one of the benefits of it, okay? It pushes you more towards accountability in what you're teaching, right? It means you actually have to teach something to people that they can get a job off of and make real mm -hmm. money, and they're not going to be working as a barista at Starbucks, yeah. right? And so that's different. You know, where you go to universities, it's like, hey, you, you can major in, you know, French literature or you know, art history or something. And, you know, I don't know, you know, there's only so many curator jobs <laughs> you're available, gonna, right? You're never going to get that money back, are you? <laughs> now, if you go to a, if you go to a good enough school, then it kind of doesn't matter what you major in. People just, they're going to hire you anyway. But 
you know, you're, it's a little it's a little riskier to to major in that kind of stuff if you're not going to go to grad school or law school or whatever. But um, you know, but if you go to Harvard, it doesn't matter, right? You can major in anything, and they're going to go, okay, this is a smart person. <laughs> Something <laughs> else really cool in that article was that in in 1997, David Bowie, who basically he saw the internet, he saw the birth of the internet, and he's like, hmm. This means that uh, copyright is going to essentially turn into worth, you know, be, be worthless. Like music's just going to become like water. So in 1997, he issued bonds that anyone could um, buy for a thousand bucks and earn a percentage of his royalties. And so he mm-hmm. cashed in. He cashed out. Like I mean, uh, different companies. Um, Prudential Insurance bought the first batch for 55 million. So he cashed out in a big way at that early stage. Who was this? David Bowie. Oh. David yeah. Well, well, okay. But yeah. I mean, how smart is that? How smart was he? Like, I mean, in 1997, I mean, the internet was, that was new. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, but he, he got it. He totally got it. And he's like, I'm going to create bonds. I'm going to give people revenue of my career. He probably cashed out more than a hundred million right there. <laughs> no, that's really, that's very clever. You know, yeah. you know what, the, the thing that's interesting about the Lambda School is, um, see, I don't know how scalable they are. But if you're really scalable, then all you have to do is run the numbers and say, okay, well, you know, somewhere between three and seven percent of our, our people of our students are gonna um, not pay us, or they're gonna try and worm out of it. Yeah, right. But we end up selling, getting that many more students into our program, and making that much more money that it's that we can deal with. It's like it's like when uh, Microsoft, you know. People could. It wasn't too hard for people to um, get uh, unlicensed or or, ca- or reuse other people's licenses in Windows or Office or whatever, right? And you know, back in the '90s, you know, there were there was software that had really um, difficult um, sort of rights management stuff. So you had to have all this sort of passcodes and stuff, and you couldn't, you you know, this licensing stuff, so that you couldn't. Um, you couldn't do that. You couldn't share Office with a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. But Microsoft basically realized that, yeah, we're going to have a fair number of uh, people pirating our stuff. But in the end, we will be more successful because it's going to be yeah, more broadly it, used. It promotes it. It promotes it. Yeah. Everyone gets used to it. Everyone, and Adobe did the same thing. Yeah. And so then, you just run the numbers yeah. and it's like, okay, well, we don't like the fact that people are doing this and we're going to frown on it. We're going to put in – we're going to put in – it's like you're going to lock your front door. <laughs> You know that anyone really wants to get in their house, you're going to get in your house, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, people you know, can climb over the fence or whatever. <laughs> people can break a window or break in. I mean, there's it's very little keeping someone from getting into your house. But if you at least, you know, go through the motions to do minimum, like, okay, I locked all the doors. You know, what, what, you, do, I want to, what do I want to do? This reminds me of another thing I wanted to talk, quickly talk to you about. Um, uh, interesting revenue models and ways of thinking about things. Rob Fitzpatrick, the guy who wrote the mom test, I remember I was telling you about the him. He, he's the guy who wrote really useful books. Um, I've spoken to him a couple of times. And one of the things that was super interesting that he told me was that he has a deal like with a friend of his who's a close friend. He was best man at his wedding. And basically they, they share 50-50% of everything they earn. So they're completely mm-hmm. combined in that sense. So... When his friend is working at Google um, and earning a crap load of money, and he's he's just sort of traveling around the world, he's getting half of that, and vice versa. And both of their, in the in the beginning, his friend's wife was saying, 
why are we giving 50% of our money to this other guy? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he had left his job and then he didn't have regular income, but Rob then did have a lot of income and then they got that money back. So it's like, a, it's like they're, just, they're just committed. It's like a marriage. They're committed yeah, what to- is it? it is like a marriage. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> one of them gets out of school, is an engineer, <laughs> the wife goes to law school, he's supporting her, then she comes out and now that, you know, 10 years later, she's a partner and she's making a dollar. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it all comes, it, you know, it, it, if, you're, if, you're, if you team up with somebody you really trust, who you think has a lot of potential and is going to keep doing their best to maximize their income or within reason, then it's, 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 a, it's a, a sort of a smart um, uh, risk management strategy, right? Because you don't really know what you're going to do. Or it's like, you know, okay, I know I'll make X amount of dollars on a relatively safe but capped um, uh, salary, like, you know, I like say being a lawyer or something, mm-hmm. but you have somebody who's like a, a startup person. It's like, okay, they spend six or seven or eight years making crap. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, you it's know, like, they yeah, hit right. it, and you're like, <laughs> oh man, okay. Now, now we're talking, but yeah. you know, it's funny. That's it reminds, what it is. That's what they're thinking. Yeah. It reminds me, um, my, um, college roommate, one of my college roommates, Ken Yee, who, um, who's now, He's like a big shot. He's one of the head lawyers over at Google, I think, these days. He does it. And uh, anyway, so um, I remember years ago, he and his wife were visiting in um, Pasadena, and his brother, when his brother's an artist and lives in LA. And so we all got together for having uh, dinner together or something. And his brother was telling a story about how he and a group of his fellow art students all would give each other paintings in case any one of them became successful then their paintings would be worth a lot right mm. so if there's 10 of you and it's like okay there's there's not a good shot or any one of us is gonna make all is gonna do really well but at least one of us has a reasonable shot so if i have two or three of your paintings from each person from you know then then i have then i could there's a decent chance i have something of value that's worth Fifty, hundred thousand dollars or more at some point. So I thought that's exactly what you're talking about. But they would just sh- give each other paintings, which is a really simple thing out? to do. How did that work out? I have to ask Ken. I haven't talked to him. I have to. I'll give. I'll give him a call. And say, hey, did your brother ever make any money? <laughs> be interesting to know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm blanking on his. Um, I'm blanking on his brother's name. I can't. He has two two younger brothers, and I can't remember. But it was funny. I tell you, I tell you, I told this story. Ken and um and uh, Ken Yi and Daily. So I had two Korean roommates, and both of them were from Texas. <laughs> and um and uh, Ken kind of had a Texas accent, so it's, it was funny for me to hear a Korean guy with a Texas accent. <laughs> and uh, anyway, but uh, I have to check in with him and see if it's a good idea. Yeah, Anwar, <clears throat> my trainer. He um I guess grew up in the South. Also, like, so he, he has this super southern accent, but he looks like he's from you know Malaysia or something. Yeah, yeah it's, it is it's funny kind of, when people funny, have yeah. like, yeah, like, whoa, okay. Um, so I have a quick question though. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? If I, I I I'm going to go back and forth with Twitter for a few days to see if I can get my old Twitter account. I mean, I only have like 250 followers, so I don't even know what's worth spending a lot of time. You know, there's some um, around because I could just start a new one, I guess. There's a couple of, well, there is a couple of uh, strategies now, twi- Twitter strategies, um, to grow your audience, if you can be bothered to do it, but I doubt that you would. Um, 
But I, I do think you should be on Twitter because once you go on Twitter and you talk about it on the show, then people will follow you. And while you yourself will not push out, like the, you, the way that you're going to push out is through some kind of viral effect. Again, influencers mm-hmm. are going to follow influencers like you, basically. Mm-hmm. It's just a fact. Like Gabriel Weinberg, influencer, mm-hmm. likes mm-hmm. you. So just post interesting stuff. And then I haven't what- talked to Gabe. He may not like me so much anymore. We gotta. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Walling likes you. Gabriel Weinberg likes you. Ruben Gomez like- likes you. All these guys like you. So um, you just got to do. Like, Jason, who? Jason. <laughs> <Cohen>? <laughs> All you got to do is do an interesting tweet every couple of, you know, even once a week or every couple of weeks. And then if, I mean, to be honest, I don't do that many tweets because I just don't find it particularly in i don't you like were the Mr. medium twitter for a long time you were huge into twitter back 10 years ago what happened i'm not a, such a huge fan of the medium and um i do get kind of irritated by a lot of stuff that gets posted on twitter because okay. it's it, it's so much cargo cult startup wisdom and it's like oh god so, i see <laughs> right, but, right, right. but yeah i do think it's worth your while i do think it's worth well your while. yeah I, I think it is too i think you know if i'm gonna start putting stuff on hacker news and writing a lot of articles and stuff then i get a you know it's sort of like um it's it's just standard practice right it's Not more luck su- it's more luck surface area you know yeah yeah, that's yeah. True. yeah that's you true. definitely should do it yeah you know what we might want to do okay if we get the thing okay I, i'm just talking here yep yep but if we get this thing going and i've, I've i am thinking okay if we do it every week we could start doing interview shows during the week what the heck and I'm considering if we do that, we might want to do a rebrand from TechZing. Yes. Yes. TechZing is literally the dumbest name <laughs> of all time. It's not even it's not even like they're just trying to be cute and ironic. No, it's just dumb. Like it we is just the worst. Do, and and get a get a, a designed site. Yeah, it is the ugliest. <laughs> I don't even know how you found that piece of crap template or whatever, theme or whatever it's called. I love time like, oh my God, and our pictures. I mean, it is almost like someone created it in 1997. I mean, you're looking at this and you're just like, <laughs> with your blinking, you know, headers and like dancing balloon. I mean, it's just the worst. It's like, so if, if, I'm going to funnel energy into something. It might be nice, something I'm not, like, embarrassed about. Yeah. Well, you can think of the name. Well, no, I mean, you thought of the name last time, or you gave no, approval I to the name. No, I did not. You I, gave approval to the name. So I said, therefore, all right, I'm not going to argue with it, because maybe, because I, I, here's the thing. You know, I go, you go, we need something that zi- zingy. And I go, I don't know, like, what, like, tech zing? You're like... <laughs> that's it and i'm like um you're like no no trust me that's it i'm like i don't know and then i was like you know i'd read this um it's not too long ago i had read something or heard something from um god what's that guy's name dave um wiener remember him yep mr rss rss yeah yeah and he had talked about how the name of something is just completely unimportant and he's absolutely wrong. <laughs> he's, he's completely absolutely wrong. wrong. So <laughs> it's it's so wrong. In fact, it's it's if you think that a title of a blog post is important, then take it one step further. If you think of if you think of it like a center of an onion, like the center of the onion is the basic brand. Then the next piece is like the title of stuff. Then the next mm-hmm. piece is the content. It is it is super important. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm not committing to it yet. Let me give me a few days. I want to make sure I'm not like getting ahead of myself but i'm like all right if i'm gonna go full on like getting out there in the world again getting the 
getting the articles going, get the Twitter going, and it might be worth getting the podcast going. But if we're going to do the podcast, we should do it right. Because the reason you interview people is twofold. One, Mm -hmm. you make connections with some really interesting people, right? Yeah. I mean, that's always fun. It's always fun talking to those people, right? You can say, who is the most interesting person I think I can talk to right now? Or at least whatever I'm thinking about this week or whatever. And we talk to some amazing people. Right. I mean, it's a great conversations. And then we, you know, we maintained relationships with a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Gabe and Rob Walling. And, you know, there's some people who just, uh, you know, have just been, fr- you know, we've been friends with forever. It's simply because of the podcast. But it also helps us grow. Right. So if you're, if we're going to do it, then you want to talk to 5,000 people rather than 500 people. And if, if you're going to put that time into it. So you might as well do the thing that is going to help grow. And, um, you know, so if we're going to do it, then we should do it. Now, we, what I would say is we should do it as efficiently as possible. So what you did last week where you sent me the, uh, a transcript, a written transcript, so I didn't have to listen to the whole thing all over again, which is usually what I have to do to make the notes. That's, I mean, I did that in like 10 minutes. So it was a huge time saver. That was a time saver. Yeah, I was hoping that. that, I used this service called Descript, um, which is like a podcast. Well, it's podcast and video editing service. So what they do is they ingest your audio and or video, and then they put, create a transcript of the whole thing. And now you can edit by cutting words. So you can like drag across words and it deletes the text and it deletes the audio. Descript? Yeah, Descript. Yeah. D-E script? Or yeah, description. Anyway, it was amazing. When you sent it to me, I'm like, what the hell is this? This is awesome. So, um, yeah, I want to be as efficient about it as possible. I mean, there were, there were times the podcast could eat up a lot of my time, and I don't want that to happen. Uh-huh. But if we can be relatively efficient with it, where if we're doing our shows once a week, we can keep them a little shorter. They don't have to go quite as long, you know, and, um, and then we can keep the interviews. We always keep them on a, you know, reasonable length. You and, know what we could even do? Mm. We could, um, I mean, this would be so helpful, would be actually to just, well, no, actually, we can't do that. Now, I was going to say we were, we could outsource the editing of it, but at the end of the day, the only reason why we need to edit is because we say something that we don't want on air. We, we don't edit out ums and ahs. So I'm just going to get good at using that Descript system. That's fine. I'm just going to, yeah. but um, yeah, for the, and for the interviews, you're probably just going to have to learn because you don't want to do double interviews. You just want to do interviews on your own, right? I didn't like the double interview. I found that kind yeah. of kind of. So I, I, I don't think mind you, if you want to interview people, you know, alone or whatever. But I found the double interview. We did just talking over each other, and and it's like you, you're, you're you're dragging the conversation in different directions, and the other person doesn't know what you're thinking, and it's just it's just really hard to coordinate. The thing about it is, is that there isn't a good reason for me to be part of that. I mean, you've you've got you've got audio hijack. You've got the microphone. I mean, so you can basically do it unless you, unless it's moral support that you need, which I, which I can do. I'm happy to do that, but I'm just no, saying I, well, what we could that's do killing is, my productivity for no good reason. No, no, I don't want to burn your time. So, um, what we could do is, um, you just kind of, the first few times set me up, make sure I got the audio yeah, hijack. Yeah. What am I doing? Audio, what am I using? Audacity or audio hijack? I can't audio remember. hijack. Yeah. So basically you're using audio hijack. You're speaking straight out of the mic. I'm going to send you. I'm going to buy you another sat. You know, you're using that pile thing right now. Yeah. Um, I, I had that as well, but I changed it because it does this one thing where it um, auto adjusts the volume up and down, which is kind of so okay. annoying. Right. So I'm going to send you a sure one, which is really good. And Better. then, and then we'll be, we'll be set. Cause okay. once that dial set, it's set. Okay. Well, so, so if I do the interviews, 
I mean, you could do the interviews too, right? Like yeah, we could, yeah, we could alternate. Do. You could say, all right, here's the people I want to interview, and I'll. I you mean, know, if we we're could, actually going to do it, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do some interviews. And what we should do is is just come up with a list of the kind of people we want to talk to. Um, but you know, it's kind of it was funny because uh, you know I said I email back and forth to Ali from the first uh, one thousand, you know, and he said something about I said, oh, I said by the way, we'll probably end up talking about you on the texting today, and he's like, I was. He's like, I always wonder how they build up a a a, a follow. Like, how do how do podcasters get going with the discovery? And I'm like, well, you know, having the interview show. So I explain the importance of having interviews and mm. things. And um, anyway, um, you know, I said, oh, here's a list of some of the people we interviewed. It's like at Travis Kalanick, <laughs> Patrick Collison. Both are mega billionaires now. Uh, Gabriel Weinberg, you know, I don't know if he's a billionaire, but he's certainly doing incredibly well. But a lot of people, right? Well, I mean, you have a lot of people who were really big names, but we talked to them when they were relatively small, uh-huh. you know. And um, I mean, obviously, you can't talk, you won't have access to them when they get later, but they people are too busy and they're just, they're, they're not going to talk to you unless you're like, you know, Forbes or something. But um, yeah, it was, it was cool. So, okay. Well, hey, let me, this, let me, I have a variety of things I want to talk about, but I don't want to, um, you know, pull this Yeah, me in, too. In a, in a, into it. But there's a couple things, I, there's a few things that I think I should talk about uh, just as far as the ke- catching up. Okay. Um, because we didn't get to them at all. Um, and <laughs> I, f- I feel, I think they're, they're sort of ongoing storylines or whatever that I'm sure that some people are probably wondering about. We've got an hour now. I've got a, I've got a hot cut off at four. Okay, so you want to hear about these things, uh, a couple of things, or do you want to? Go Are you speaking s- to me or the listeners? Well, because I they definitely want to hear about those things, think- <laughs> <laughs> and I know that they do. <laughs> all right, all right. So the first is, I guess we should talk about um, uh, MV Code Club. Oh yeah, oh so, yeah, because of course that's a real world business. Yeah. So just as a uh, thirty second. Um, uh, recap of what that was. So back, like, I don't know, we're talking 2014 or so, um, friend of mine uh, from college, um, Doug, he started a after school sort of coding club. Um, and, uh, you know, it was like, you know, a couple hundred dollars, $150 or $200 a month. And you could come once or twice a week. And it was really aimed at like first through like grade through like eighth grade range. Mm-hmm. And you know you could do all kind of coding stuff, and it was it was it was really neat. And um, I put some money in, and I was the only investor. I just gave him like my seventy five thousand. I think was all I did. And um, and we got up to like seven locations, and our last one had just gone live in Mountain View. So and they were all up in the Bay Area. Mm. And then COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. And it basically a nuclear bomb basically blew apart the business. So. You know, I mean, essentially, he had to shut them all down, and then he had to, you know, pretty quickly lay off a lot of the instructors and the and the and the and the sort of um, the people who manage the ind- the individual locations, and and then it was a paring down and paring down, like how many people can he carry, and he had, and then we were doing a lot of stuff virtually, and he was like, maybe we can make this work virtually. We just have to charge a little bit less, and and eventually it got to the point where it was just, you know, it wasn't going to work. And so, essentially, what's happening is another we're selling, basically selling it off to another company that has some funding, and they're they're still trying to make a go in this space, and they're going to take it, they're going to run with it. With what's interesting, left will yeah. you will they sell it enough where you, will, will you take a hit on it or? Yeah, no, I'll lose all my investment. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. It's just, it's, it's too bad. I mean, you know, it, it going into, you know, whatever year, year ago or whatever, I mean, it was, it was looking pretty good. You know, my my 75,000 was probably worth, I don't know, conservatively a quarter million to half a million, but probably more. Um, Maybe you could argue a million, maybe, maybe not, maybe half a million. Um, But it, yeah, but not zero. (laughs) Which is which is the reality in, in in you know startup investing, right? So, I guess it's not a surprise to anybody that that's what happened. But that's. that's yeah, I remember the story. you saying to me. I remember I when when I was all gung ho about OMG, and I was like, "Yeah, but like it never go to zero. And you said, "No, it can go to zero. <laughs> and I was I just couldn't like foresee that. I couldn't imagine that. And now, that's such a such a reality. It's funny. I like. That, well, they say in the end we're all dead anyway, right? Like that OMG is the only like high risk thing I've ever done like that, and it's the last. I'll, it's the last thing I'll ever do. What's like it that. worth? It's no. the first and the last. Um, and for people who don't know, OMG is a crypto coin. It's an altcoin. OMG price. Is it? What's it? Uh, you looking up the price? Oh, its price is ten bucks. So if you held on, you made money. Interesting. Or no, you bought it at eighteen dollars. Yeah, but I might if I if I hold on, I might pull exactly what I did with the Bitcoin, where I bought it for a thousand, it went down to like a hundred, and then a couple of years later, I sold it for a thousand. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Maybe I could do the same. But right. uh, yeah, that's interesting that it's gone up quite a lot. So, so speaking of, so this is basically my failure zone. I'm gonna talk about all my recent fails. Oh, really? So I had. How many, how many crypto? I had like ten bitcoins, I think. And then when the when the pandemic hit and everything was crashing, and I was trying to get some cash so I could buy some um, options on the S and P, I sold my crypto that I had in Coinbase, and then and right. and then I didn't put it back in until later. And I just bought, you know, so I obviously lost a huge potential upside, but I bought one bitcoin. For basically for the crypto trading because I needed some we needed something in on account yeah and um, so I don't know what what's it at now like forty fifty or sixty yeah or something, something so, like that so I mean I I put it I bought it at six and it went to sixty so but that was one bitcoin instead of ten bitcoin imagine if you had ten oh my god I was thinking yeah. the same thing like I had my one bitcoin for thousands and now if I'd have just held on to it if I'd have just held on to it yeah in fact it wasn't even a thousand it was a couple of hundred I it was it was like a ridiculously small amount. Yeah. See, the thing about this stuff is when you pull yourself out of a market, because it's going to get on, the reality is, is that you often forget, you lose focus and you don't get back in. Or you think, oh, it's going to go down. I'm just going to get out. And unless you're an active trader, like this is what you do, you get distracted by life. And all of a sudden you look up and you realize, holy crap, and now it's worth 5x and now i'm now i've missed the whole back you know the rebound so that's why it's dangerous that's why you say just stay in the market and and don't don't get cute invest just, in the things you're doing i just can't handle the cognitive load of of investing it's just too much like the whole greed and fear dynamics is just too it's just too disruptive to my brain i yeah. have to not be in it you know well yeah no i <laughs> well here's the thing is i think there's trading and then there's investing mm. Okay. Investing is like buying Tesla and holding on to it for 20 years or something. That's kind of the way I, I look at it. Then there's um, buying, buying in and out of stuff, whether it's in and out one day or in and out every couple months, that's trading. That's not really investing. Investing is, you know, you're holding on for 
you know, I, I in, you know, obviously people can have different definitions, but when I think of investing, it's like, we're thinking 10 plus years. Do you have more. any Tesla left at this point? Oh yeah. Oh, I have cool. most of it left. Oh, oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So That's we bought nice. a bunch. So yeah. And just for recap, I bought a bunch and, uh, it basically when it was like $32. 32. I'll, I'll never forget 32, 2000. that number. Well, I still always tell the story about how like, I walk into the kitchen. So the whole thing is like we were, we were, um, you know, we, we put a little money in the Facebook when it public and that was a whole thing was a disaster. Cause I thought, oh yeah, this is kind of a big event. We should, we should just say we were part of it. And of course <laughs> we ended up losing money. And I was like, yeah, that was stupid. Don't ever put, don't ever invest money for entertainment purposes. Right. Mm. And then I was like, we had a big discussion on the podcast and I was like, you know, the thing is you want to invest in something that you, you would think it's you like, like you, you look in back it. in 20 years and you're or 50 years and your grandkids would be like, grandpa, why didn't you put money into Ford? You're an idiot. You're like, I didn't think the cars were going to really work. No, it's like, I knew cars were going to be a thing. I, automobiles were going to be a thing. You know, it's like, and to me, Tesla was the, you know, the obvious thing. And so I remember I walked into the um, kit and after watching like a bunch of videos, interviews with with Elon Musk and then and reading a couple of his master plan as I go like, oh, this he this is gonna work I absolutely and he's putting putting rockets into space like you don't want to bet against this guy right and I walk into the kitchen Sandy's making something and I go I go hey sweetheart I think we should um I think we should put um money into Tesla she's like and I and I kind of ex explain why she's like okay well how much I'm like well all of it he's <laughs> like we're not, well, we're not going to put all of our money into Tesla. <laughs> I'm like, fine. She's like, well, put in what we can, you know? And I'm like, fine. <laughs> but all of it at the time was like $9,000, right? Didn't have, I mean, I'd been freelancing and doing startups, so we didn't have mm -hmm. any cash. So it was like nothing. So, uh, oh, man. I remember yeah. when, when, you were, when things were so close to the bone for you guys. Oh, like, you were, you were cutting it tight. Like, every. Every month, it was like, is there, an, is there enough? <laughs> well, I, okay. So, yeah. in December of 2010, when Travis called me up and was like, dude, I want you to help me out with Uber. And anyway, yeah, he wanted me to be come on as a CTO. I said no, because I didn't feel like, you know, I want to move to San Francisco. And this, that's a whole other thing, which is another blog post, by the way. I think that'll be a... Mm -hmm. Oh, of course. Okay. Why, I, why I turned down, C, you know, being CTO of Uber. How I fucked up my Uber offer. Yeah, <laughs> we were like, bam, like, oh, man. how on. I screwed, how I screwed up my. Not uh, again, this guy. <laughs> this guy. Every every blog post is going to be like, how I screwed this up. How yeah. I didn't invest in ten Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, it's like what they like. Anyway, um, <laughs> he he was like, uh, he he wanted me to help with you know a new architecture for the system. And by the way, the whole thing about the original architecture for Uber, that's another blog post, right? Mm -hmm. And Node and all this stuff. That'll be kind of fun to write about. And um, at the time, he, he was like, okay, so, you know, if you just want to be a consultant, I can just pay you. And I'm like, yeah. And I go, I go, by the way, could you maybe, f could we get like an advance on like $2,000? <laughs> <laughs> and so we're running low and like and this is before christmas we did not have enough money to buy christmas presents for our kids that's how that's how tapped we were we were sandy literally cashed the check and it was like christmas eve and went out and bought presents for the kids 
That's when how Sandy married was. you, she if she'd have known the roller coaster, <laughs> that it yeah. was going to be. Now she's completely like you know immune to it, numb to it at this point. But yeah, I mean, so um, yeah, boy, we really we had to consolidate our debt at one point. I hate yeah. that. I hate con- debt consolidation. God, that was yeah. great. That was a that was the smartest thing we did because it we had you know whatever credit cards and we'd spend a bunch of money um, sort of remodeling our condo and I don't know we had all these loans to like lumber liquidators and stuff of these and uh, yeah we look you mean it's like I don't know whatever 35 grand or something like that and then it, it put it all on one payment and it was a really low interest rate and then we were able to pay it off and then once I started doing some um, consulting um, and make a little more money consulting and I think consulting for I think when I was consulting for Uber then I just sort of knocked it all out it was not a problem but I think a debt consolidation can be a really smart thing. Last thing you want to do is have a bunch of credit cards with high interest rates. The reason why I say I hate it is because I've done it. Um, and well, I, I gave you that. I told you because after I did it, you were like, you were like, you told me you guys were, were we needed, were struggling a bit at well, that time. Well, I did it before moving to America. So I did it earlier on in my life. Um, but you and G did it again later, right? Because I remember giving you that information. I said, you guys should look into this because it worked. Possibly. Well, I don't think we ever pull the trigger on that, but I, I know that I did do it earlier. And like one thing that really sucks is when you, because the, what makes you sort of, well, what made me interested in it at the time is like, wow, this payment can be really low. And you don't think, oh, it's going to be 10 years of this payment, mm-hmm. 10 freaking years. And like, it's really annoying to just keep paying something for 10 years, I can tell you. So that that's the reason why I think I don't feel too well, happy but about then, it. But, but then what you do is you just try and knock it out. Right. Mm. If you want to get out, if you want to get a debt, then as soon as you start making decent money, then you, then yeah. you're not, then you pay. I mean, that's what happened when I when I graduated college. I had in eight when I graduated college in '93, I had like thirty five thousand dollars in student loans, which is a lot. In 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 '93, that's like it's probably like seventy five, eighty grand mm-hmm. now, if not more. And um, you know, I have to write I have to write three hundred fifty dollars in checks every month, and I was not making very much money right out of college. But, um, you know, but as soon as I started getting some high paid freelance work, I was able to just knock all that out. And I was completely out of, um, I had all my college debt paid off probably five years out, Mm -hmm. which was of course, like a huge moment of celebration. Debt free, no credit card debt, no, (laughs) no more debt for the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So the last thing I think I should do uh, an update on is the, the um, algorithmic crypto trading, the high-frequency crypto trading. Yes. So there's only so much I can say about that because I have two partners and they're both very secretive <laughs> about because they're they 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 their whole world has been high-frequency trading, right? Yeah, yeah. And the the protocol in that world is you don't talk about Fight Club. Rule number one of Fight Club, you don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> right? right. Now... Um, obviously I do a podcast, so I talk about my life, so I, you know, reference it, but I can't get into the details, but one of the partners basically got, okay. So we worked on it for like two years, right? Built a lot of infrastructure, data collection and research pipeline stuff, but a lot of great stuff. And what happened was, um, we had some models that were looking really good. And then we realized that the data from one of the exchanges, the book data 
book date is like all the bids and offers that are not at the inside price was not accurate. They were not taking consideration the, um, the trade prices that like, when the trades are actually happening, they were lagging. Mm. And so a lot of our signals and our, 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 our things, a lot of our calculations were inaccurate and the and our parameters were tuned wrong. And um, when we actually started to test it out against live data, our models just started looking really bad. <laughs> and so that's sometimes just part of the process, right? Mm. The problem is it coincided with the fact that one of the partners got a job offer making quite a lot of money, money mm. that he couldn't turn down. Yeah. And it, it was, it was, we're all friends. So it's like, we really couldn't say, Hey, you know, you can't leave. It's like, you know, he had not had as, as a, an exit of any kind, like James and I, so, you know, it was, it was, you know, really meaningful amount of money. And it was sort of like, I mean, his, I'm sure his wife was just like, there's no way you can say no to this, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. it's like, hey, maybe we can work on this trading stuff. Maybe in six months, we can turn this thing around and it'll be cranking out cash. But maybe not. Maybe mm. not. Um, there's a good chance not. I mean, it's hard to say. Um, yeah, well, or, look what happened to the models. hey, there's this company in, the, in this space that's willing to pay you a lot of, uh, a lot of money. And, uh, you know, we need some money, (laughs) you know, so that really sucked. Again, we have no, we're, we're still really good friends and we still, you know, talk, you know, every week. You still put, but you're not putting work time into it anymore. Well, so basically what happened is, is that, um, so my, my role was sort of building infrastructure. Um, the guy who took the job, he's more like research technology building all of the tech around the research stuff i built like the tr- the stuff that would connect all the exchanges and collect all the data and do all the trades you know that kind of stuff and he would do the research technology and then the other partner the third partner he was pure research and he's the most senior med he's you know he's um done this for year real expert in this space and he's like all right guys here's what i think i'll do what i think we should do is i'll go into we'll just put this in the hibernation for a while you guys just you know do your thing and i'm going to just do pure research now that we have all this data because we have we have just terabytes and terabytes of highly compressed accurate data on tons of exchanges that we're continuing Mm -hmm. to collect every day Mm -hmm. and we have this really powerful extremely efficient um, like uh, simulation and uh, engine and, and research technology that um, so the third partner's research is like, all right, I'm just going to dig in and then just see if I can find some real some, enough positive alpha that we can put something together. So he's like coming up with a, a potential model. Models. Yeah. So, yeah. So what you end up doing is you end up trying to research and find pieces of sig- signals, right? Or alpha, we call it. Like, you know, th- th- we look at this, and this has some positive, and this has some of this, and you add them all together, and you do all kind of tuning, and then, mm-hmm. well, you come up with a model. And then it's like, okay, can we make this on other coins, and other time horizons, or what can we do? You know, mix and match it. But you're looking for um, these things that you, uh, you know, this positive alpha. Mm-hmm. So he's basically doing that. So it's sort of like on this... And, and he was asking me what I wanted because he was he was sort of hoping he was he was hoping that I would get involved with the research. He thought that I would be 
um, good at it. And he was kind of looking forward to me to sort of work with me on it. And I just, I'd kind of resisted getting involved because it's like, you know, I need to get the, the infrastructure together, right? Like if we're not, if we can't trade reliably, if we can't, if our trading agents can't connect to the the market server, which connects to the different exchanges and the data feeds, and that if that is not rock solid, and we don't have like a a, a sort of a um, a real time UI that allows us to see everything that's going on, or if we don't have reliable data collection and compression technology, then it does, that nothing else matters, right? And so I was like, what I can't do this stuff if I'm also screwing around with research stuff. Because once you get into the research hole, you just want to do that all the time. Yeah. Right? It's like, don't give me a donut because I'm just going to eat, I want to eat the whole box of donuts. <laughs> like, can you just have a donut? Jason? No, I don't, don't give me, don't bring donuts but, home. But, but, so are you still working on the infrastructure stuff? No, the research infrastructure is close enough. Now, I mean, the stuff that we need to work is working. I mean, there's always stuff you can do. Yeah. But it works. And, uh, this, and um, it's at a good point. And so I'm like, we're just going to let the one partner just research, work on, you know, looking for, you know, building some models. And if, if he comes up and says, Hey guys, this stuff's looking really good. Mm-hmm. So we actually, we still do a weekly call. And if he starts, Hey, you know, Jason, and you know, look, this is looking really good here. Look at the, look at these results. Look at this, you know, I want you guys to check this out. But if this is it, then we can, we have, you know, a sharp ratio of this and we can do these things. Then it would be worth, if he comes to me and he's just like, if, you know, I'm just, you know, after a certain amount of time, it's just not panning out, then yeah, then I won't put time into it. But I'm, I'm at a stage where I'm like, I need to just put, I need to get Math Academy into the end zone. Oh, but, you do. I mean, surely, it, surely you must be, I mean, man, you're Mr. Moneybags who's been paying for this thing the whole time. Like, surely it must be coming to the end of the, yeah. I mean, obviously you're not going to completely run out of money, but it must be coming to the end of the okay, I'm prepared to keep paying for this every week without it returning anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's time, it's time. You know, I, I just got to focus. And you know how it is, like that last 10% is really the last 90%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know. I'm glad you got that pressure. I'm actually glad you got that pressure because I'm thinking back to App Ignite, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't have that pressure. But well, you know, the, the, I didn't have the problem, but the problem with Appignite is it um, fell victim to the second system syndrome, syndrome. Tell me about that. Well, we'd written the whole thing in PHP, and then I can't remember why we thought, why don't we, we should rewrite this thing in JavaScript and Node. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we never yeah. got it done. That was, that, was, that was the mistake. That was the absolute mistake. And you, you were onto something with Appignite, because if you look at Bubble, you know, which is now worth, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the valuation of Bubble, let me just, let me just, uh, valuation of Bubble, which is essentially Appignite. Bubble, uh, no. Code. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. It's a hot space now. Um, yeah, raised 6.25 million. I don't know how much it's worth, but it's, it's, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that could have been a big thing, but still, the Math Academy is going to be something even even bigger, I think, in my my in my humble opinion. Um, and you have the you have the pressure, you have the gun to your head. You have the gun to your head. Remember we spoke about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, I mean, I've been working on it for years. I've put a <laughs> ton of money into it. I put over a million dollars into it. Um, you know, there are a lot of people I employ who you know this is this is their livelihood. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, this is so we got to finish this up and bring it to market. And um, 
but we're, we're in position now. It's like, okay, now I can see the light at the end of the tunnel tech wise and every which way. And um, now it's just like, you know, let's just finish it up, make it happen. So that's why I'm kind of making the transition mentally into the, into the marketing side. Cause you don't just go, Oh, we're done. And then market. It's like, I need to spend <laughs> the next five months building up that mom, that marketing momentum and the brand awareness. And then I get a mailing list of hopefully hundreds, but hopefully thousands, if not tens of thousands of people mm. waiting. Oh, you're going to get a lot. So if we can uh, launch you, them. You took the map idea very seriously. The minimum awesome product, you know, you mm. didn't make a minimum viable product. You made a minimum awesome product. And, well, I'm trying know. to get there, trying to get, I mean, so one thing, you know, we're really trying to, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's like, there's just a few missing pieces to get it there, you know? Um, but the, the thing that we've done, it was kind of funny. There's, um, there's a thing that popped up on Hacker News yesterday. It was called a, it was hit number one momentarily. It was like a timeline of mathematicians. It was this website called Mathagon. Hmm. And I went and looked at it and it was like, you know, they were kind of doing what we're doing and that they have like, all these different courses and algebra and geometry and things. And they had some tutorials and stuff. And there was some really pretty graphics and they had nice UI. But then I was like, I was like, oh, oh, right. And then I looked at it and it's like, they had hardly anything. Like they had, like they had like one tutorial on trigonometry. <laughs> like we got like uh, 80. <laughs> 80 or 100 lessons on trigonometry. We break it, we, you know, it's like, the thing is, the amount of content that you have to create to comprehensively cover all this stuff is insane. It is insane how much work it goes into it. I mean, you're really, we have like, you know, 10 textbooks worth of, of stuff down to the finest level of granularity. And so you see all these other people and you're just like, you know, they do, they go out and they create some pretty stuff. They create some cute stuff. And it's a way to get stuff out there. It's like, hey, we got some really nice look at their little animation and look at stuff. And it's like, yeah, they just, they're not. So not you have, you have a moat. It's a gigantic moat. It's a, it's a big <laughs> moat. Because it's hard. I mean, it's not, not that you couldn't do it. Someone went and raised $10 it's million. It's like 20 people working for two years, basically. Two on, years? Like, well, two years? How, how, many how many years have you had, um, like, 20 content editors? Mm, three and a half, four. Something. Yeah, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty, a lot of content. And that and is a, half, a pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of content. And when I, and so when I write some blog posts and it shows these giant, I'm going to have these, this graph, this, these knowledge graphs, and you actually can see it. It is kind of mind blowing. It was funny yesterday. So I was like, um, I, uh, we were running, I ran some query to, to do some integrity check uh, between our, our prerequisites and something we call our key prerequisites and stuff. And then Justin brings up the graph of calculus and then he go, brings in like the integrated math two, three to connect to it. And it's just like this explodes like a, like a, like a galaxy of stars. And you're just like, Holy, <laughs> I've seen this before and I still cannot believe how much stuff. Can you done. do, can you do a screenshot of that? Like, can you do like an expo? Oh, yeah. Could you do, could you do oh. a really big image that's like one or two megabytes big and like you you can drag across it? Yeah. The whole thing's interactive. The whole thing well, is dragging. I'm, I'm thinking for so. a blog post, like so. Oh just, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm thinking. Of, yeah, I'm exactly. I'm gonna have that planned out. So I'm gonna. Yeah. I'll have different. You know, I'll showcase different things. We'll talk about what they are and how it works. Because even like calculus has 250 topics, 250 notes, just calculus. Okay, we do everything yeah. from fifth grade math up through abstract algebra and differential equations. Right. This is just one. Two, in each one of those um, topics has about three to four knowledge points 
So you're talking seven, you know, 800, 900 knowledge points just for calculus. And That's each cool. knowledge point has 10 to 20 questions. And that's just calculus. <laughs> it is insane. That's I think awesome. right now we have, I think I just ran a query yesterday. We have like six, I think it was like over 6,000 knowledge points. You basically built your own internet. It's insane. <laughs> it. Yeah. So it's just, um, yeah, I wouldn't wish this workload on anyone. <laughs> it, it takes somebody, the only way you're going to pull something off like this is if you self-fund you have money, you self-fund, and you're sort of insane. This yeah, is the, not. This is not the pragmatic, clear-thinking, um, you know, shrewd entrepreneur. This is. This has more to do with like, this must exist insanity mentality. Like, I will build the ultimate online learning system, <laughs> as opposed to like, hey, how can I get an MVP, get some revenue? You know, no, this is totally so. Yeah, it's just a different kind of thing. So, um, I wanted to talk about something. Um, okay. This was um, about just going going deep on things. Mm -hmm. Like, I really, I really like that. This idea of going deep and exploring something, even though it might seem kind of ludicrous, and people looking from the outside are like, "Why are you spending time on that?" But then, as you go deep and explore it, you will uncover something. You will find something. So, for example. Again, I just I brought this up the last show. You know, the automating um, carrots in Roblox. So, right. building this crazy big carrot farm to create these automated carrots, and that led me to building Georgie's course. Mm -hmm. And we sold thirty six thousand dollars in the first three months of the year. That remember that four nine nine course. Yeah. Um, so that so that was cool. Well, I got a bit obsessed with something else um, since I've last seen you, which is thumbnails. <laughs> so for uh, have I lost you? Are you still there? You, you lost me. Yeah. You so for coming. yeah. So for I got super obsessed with with thumbnail creation for Morning Brief. Okay. Because we have well, while Goldfinger isn't running right now, when Goldfinger was running, um, it slurped in fifteen thousand links. So we have fifteen thousand links for me to play with and build at the UI. And I was trying different ideas of of thumbnails and using thumbnail generation services. And I mean. I just really want thumbnails for everything where it does where you get a screenshot of the site. But like the the typical service charges, you know, I don't know, ninety nine bucks for ten thousand thumbnails a month. Right. And I'm like, that's I can't, you know, I can't accept that. So I've been going through all these different iterations. Okay, how can I basically create thumbnails for as cheap as possible? And um even, you know, exploring there's this there's this uh library called Geopatterns where if you put in a string it will always return the same pattern back. And um, I thought that was kind of interesting because I could do it based on domain. So I could, you know, a provider would like, you know, some person's blog, it would always do the same pattern, but it just didn't seem relevant. So ultimately I came back to thumbnails. So I have built, since I lost saw you, about four different thumbnail services, like from the ground up, architecturing, <laughs> architecturing okay. thumbnails. But um, I have now got it to the point where for... Um, in our morning brief infrastructure for basically uh, a little over 40 bucks a month, I can create uh, 28,000 thumbnails every day. Screenshots, do 28,000 screenshots a day. So 750,000 a month. Wow. So, <laughs> wow. and it's been fun. And, and, but going so deep into it, 
even just exploring the the larger screenshots of the 500 pixels what i realized is oh holy shit that is that is fun like just just as i've sort of gone through and you know just double check that it's working i found some really interesting stuff and i'm like wait that that could be just a great viewing experience in the in the product right. you know like a like a kind of carousel concept like moving through like and you i haven't really seen that maybe stumble upon was was something like that um but yeah that's what i just wanted to talk about just that so are you um so what's the, what's the status on morning brief in general no. well we're just i mean it's it's not i mean there is um <clears throat> to to get the map the minimum awesome product there's like a there is a heavy lift um joe is building out goldfinger which basically okay. is pulling in, you know, at the moment, it's just it's just uh, dealing with a couple of news sources, but ultimately we're going to have as many as possible. Mm -hmm. So Twitter, <laughs> you know, Reddit. And by the way, you know, there's 800,000 posts a day to Reddit. Um, <laughs> they have an API that you can just suck all that they, in? They, they, have, they have an API, but it's that the, the, you don't, there's, there is no limits like that. I mean, they don't have an API where you can pull in it, the 800,000 posts. So there's all sorts of things that we have to sort of deal with. And Twitter, there's like 500 million a day, you know. <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah, okay. But, <laughs> but, but all you have to do is, I mean, all you're going to do is pull in stuff that people say they're interested in, right? So it scales with the, so if you have, if you have a hundred users who say they're interested in, let's say, you know, 500 topics total, then you're only, you're only searching, I guess there's 500 topics, like things that are hashed, hashtagged or something. We don't stuff. really do it like that. We do it the other way around where we pull in everything and then we, um, we understand it first before we oh, try okay. and connect it with what you're searching for. I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's why it's producing some pretty good results. Um, but yeah, so well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, now, when you built Plugio, used to be, Twitter and they're they're they used to give you fits because they would lock you out of things and not allow you to do things, and you, you know your business is at risk because they would if you didn't do things they if they felt like you were running afoul of some type of mm -hmm. you know parameter of usage that they had set, which seemed kind of arbitrary or unclear and. I mean, I remember you were just, there was a, several times you were always going to give up. I mean, what's the status on, on their, on dealing with their API now? Well, it's just, it's just different. It's just a different use case. So the, the use case that I had for Plugio was much more about truly interacting with the API. Mm -hmm. Like there's many ways to get a, the Twitter feed mm -hmm. that doesn't really necessarily require you to have like an API or whatever. But but oh, anyway, other people we, collect it and make it available or something. Yeah, stuff like that. But also, we don't we don't need Twitter, you know, to make this to make this work and be valuable. That's just like a, I mean, it's a nice to have, and it could be a really nice to have. Let's just say it's a really nice to have, yeah. but we don't need it. So so if it turns out that it's not possible, it's too much data to to ingest or whatever, um, then it's not going to be part of it. But um, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna pull in everything. We're gonna pull in New York Times. I mean, everything. So, well, New York Times so is a paywall, so it's going to be a little hard to do that, right? Well, we're going to have, um, we're, so we're going. The, the system's going to understand whether stuff's paid, and you're going to be able to say what you have subscriptions to, and it'll, it'll it'll include those in your feed. I mean, so so it's a big play. I mean, we're, like it's a big. I'm not. It's not as not Math Academy big, but it's oh, could be. It, 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 could be. <laughs> yeah. But it's big, you know, and I'm I'm excited about it in that sense. 
And but anyway, this the, this thumbnail service. Um, so there's there's a lot of interesting little challenges, but I mean, consider that like seven hundred fifty thousand thumbnails a month. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah, that's a lot of articles that we can we can pull in. Right, right. And this is just in support of Morning Brief, right? Yeah, just in support of Morning Brief. Okay, this isn't some other service you're launching or something. No. Because I don't want to hear about some other service you're launching. There's no, there's, there's no other service. <laughs> don't get distracted. But, but I wanted <laughs> to get, get I wanted to get the thumbnails really right because I wanted it to be so that, I mean, one thing that I've wanted from other services that I haven't really seen done very well is like, um, when you click on a link, you see a preview of the page, so like a 500 pixel preview. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes you decide, you know, am I going to actually read this or not? You right. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to put that in there, you know, just to make it as well. Just like, you know, I'm kind of focused on the UI stuff. Yeah, well, I know you so love you love that. messing with the UI. So, yeah, well, I got, so I got, I got one other thing. It's something big, you said. That's it's interesting. It's big, so I don't know if I can fit it in, but maybe I'll save it for next time. Well, we've got 40 minutes. Oh, sorry, oh, 20 do? minutes. 20 minutes. 17 minutes. Oh, 17. Okay, do it next time. We'll do, do it next We'll time. do it next time. Um, I have a couple sort of medium, smaller yeah. things. Um, cool. So, well, okay, real quick question. We we have a an email list for all of our texting listeners, don't we? I wouldn't say all of our texting listeners, but we have 463 followers on Twitter, and we have about 800 people on a very, very, very old MailChimp list. Yeah, and what about people? We have emails for all the people who've commented... At we do have emails for all the people who've commented over the years. Yes, we do. So I think what we could do is put together a, a, a one-time email blast to say, hey, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, see, invite them to come come join the show again. To, and to, uh, to a new, to the new name show. Or, yeah, or whatever we do. But just, yeah. So I was thinking maybe we could, that would kind of... Um, would, we, would we just leave texting like it is as a monument to history? And then just do a completely new show from scratch on a new server, a new domain, new design. Maybe. I think it's something we should talk about. Something like that. I think it's probably worth doing it. Um, I mean, unless you just want to go with... Every, t- every time we have this conversation, we always end up with, ah, screw it. Let's just stay <laughs> with texting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I think it's, it's up for... It's, I think it should be up for discussion. It's up for discussion. I think it's something we should consider. But... It might be if we do do like a, a a real relaunch, like really put some time into you know redesigning everything, and it, I think it'd be worth sending an email to to everybody. You know, not oh, spam I mean, we'll do, multiple times, but just say hey, product hunt and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that because yes, that's a that's a fair number. You know, was there maybe fifteen hundred total or something? Yeah, probably, probably. It's not a bad email list. Well, and, I mean, and keep in mind, we can we can say on you know we can just do a show dedicated to this 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 is now moving to blah 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 dot com or whatever you know so we could just mm-hmm. put out one last episode mm-hmm. you know what I mean and mm-hmm. then anyone who goes to that episode will just everyone's going to get it you know all the two thousand people who download it mm-hmm. and when they listen to it and we 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 can we could we could talking about titles we could do the title. This is the best episode ever. You must listen to this. <laughs> and then the episode just says, okay, uh, we've moved over here. Uh, 
I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so let's see. I have a another. I had a couple questions. You know, so here I was just curious what your approach is when you do this. So would you have to do um, a, a, a a change the um, do a, a change your table, add a bunch of columns, something that's a big table in MySQL. Or I guess the same thing would be the Postgres or whatever. What do you tend to do when you make a schema change like that? Well, and you have beautiful... users that are using it around the clock. You can't take it down. Oh well. Well, the fir- the first thing is is um, the beautiful thing with Laravel is you get this this very nice schema migration system built in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes it very easy. And they with every um, with every schema change, I'm just going to do a real super quick screen share so that you can just quickly see. Well, um, so, here's the, here's here's the thing though, because no matter what Laravel does, it still rides on top of MySQL, and it still has to adjust the schema. And if you have a table that has millions of rows in it, then it's not gonna it's going to be really slow, and it could screw things up for some of the users if if the migration takes a while. I think that you. I think that the first pass of that for. You're asking me what I do. Yeah, I'm just what, curious what, what you do. Basically, what I do is I I use the Laravel. Um, Laravel has a uh, a neat little command called called PHP Artisan down, and so you run that on all your servers, and it just says we're in maintenance mode. Okay. And I basic I basically put it in maintenance mode for ten minutes that it takes to run the okay to run okay. the migration. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So that's that's one way to do it. I would other way of doing it. See, the problem with it is I have kids working on assignments from early in the morning till some of these kids are working after midnight. And then we have kids, I have like one student or two students who are abroad in Greece. So they're working <laughs> at all kind of different hours. So it's like, I, I don't want to, and then I have our, our content team is all around the world. So everybody's using this stuff constantly. Right. So it's, it's not um, convenient to take it down. But one thing I did is um, I was reading on stack overflow, the, the advice that I, that seemed to get the best, most upvotes and seemed to work is that you create a new table with a new schema and you mm. copy the data from the old table into the new table and then you do a, and then you rename the new, the old, the new table to the old, the original table name, et cetera. You do that like makes sense. Switch. That makes sense. So it's a, that's an, an instant flip. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe you have to take it down for, you know, one second or two seconds as opposed to, you know, because some of these schema changes on running it on, on the Amazon's uh, RDS you know, on these huge tables. I mean, it, one of them ran like a minute. You know, that's a mm-hmm. that's an eternity on something like the answer table. Anytime <laughs> anyone answers a question or does know, any query on anything, like that's gonna. You know, I was just curious what you what you got what you've done. Yeah, I'd I'd I had heard of that. Now that now that you mention it, I had heard of that. Um, and it sort of it reminds me of like how when you a trick that I do is to just use symlinking for like the web folder. So it's like that's just a real quick way to switch out the entirety of of the code base. Just just symlink it between two folders. Right. It's right. kind of a similar concept. Um, yeah. So the, the um, couple of things I just want to you know before we because we only got like ten minutes left. First thing I want to say is if any of our listeners have anything that you want to hear more about, or you'd like me to write about, or Justin write about, whatever, you know, tell us in the comments. Um, and, and, and by the way, it's, it's, uh, fun to, it was really fun to kind of hear from people in the comments again. So this has been a long time and I really appreciate the uh, warm welcome backs, but, um, if you guys, 
you know, if you're like, hey, I remember you told the story about this thing a while back was pretty cool. I'd like to know more or something. Or you, you seem to talk around this one thing, but you never really actually talk, tell the story. You know, something like that. Let me know. Give me some ideas about stuff that you guys want to hear about. Um, so, cool. are you? Are we recording that next weekend then? We can if you want. I mean, I'll, sure, I'll do every weekend. Yeah, that's great. That's great for me. But um, that's within this show. So, so we'll start do it. We'll start on that uh, cadence, but we'll we'll work out in those discussions about whether we're going to move the name. What we're going to do? Yeah, that we're yeah. rebrand or or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, let's see here. We got we just got a few minutes left, so I'm going to save my big. Ah, just, I want to talk about it, but I'll just give a hint about it, which is um, <laughs> we created this super advanced um, uh, computer science sequence for the kids at the mm. end of um, at the end of the year last year, and it's 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 just off the charts what they've done. It's really cool. We're talking about so uh, that's what we'll get in. I'll get into next time. That's but exciting. That's, so that's it's like the the uh, the ongoing, never-ending evolution of Catalyst. Exactly. Yeah. Some of those same kids. Yeah. So we'll we'll okay. we'll talk we'll talk about that and where that's gone and, and what and what. Oh, what that's the, a good teaser. That's a good teaser. Yeah. So I think people will like that. So I was talking with um, Alfie, who's been a listener for a long time. Alfie is um and and based out of uh, I think he's Melbourne. And, um, and we were, uh, we were doing a call and I told, I was telling him about this, we're doing this, this, and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn that till I was in uni and someone I didn't even learn in uni. Like, it's <laughs> making me look bad. You know, it was funny. But, um, I, I, anyway, it's, I, I think, and that's something I'm going to write about too. I got a bunch of articles out of that. that I think people are going to like, um, all right, well, why don't we just wrap this show up and then I'll just uh, got a couple of things to talk to you about after the show real quick. Okay. And so we'll One just thing I want to up. say, yeah. TV shows. Did we mention Sinners last time? No. Or The Sinner. The Sinner? No. With Bill Pullman? Okay, that's a really good one. I, okay. I, I, I think I watched a lot of that. Like I was, I was finishing up binging it right around the time we were recording it. And it's a Bill Pullman and he's like a detective and he's had some trauma in his, in his history. He's got, he's a little damaged, but he's like one of these, these detectives who really kind of gets into the case and sees things that other people don't see, don't see. And it's, it's really good. So okay. the center is great. I think I mentioned last time Peaky Blinders, which again, that's yeah, another did, yeah. great one. And, um, but you know, try, you know, it's like sometimes you you turn something on and and it's like you're you're looking at it like this is just the worst. <laughs> I, one I tried to watch was I think it was called Travelers. Yeah. Oh my god. Same. Same. Hit an eight point one in IMDb. I'm I like, don't. I don't get it. That's oh not an eight one. It's like a six point one. That's a six one. It's so and eight one is like <laughs> if something is in the eights. If something is in the high sevens, it's, it's 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 really good. If it's in the eights, it's excellent. If it's in the nines, you have like one or two or three shows in lines like The Wire or, or Breaking Bad. It's like all time Hall of Fame best show of the genre ever. If it gets to a nine, but the eight one, I was like we were watching it like a couple of shows that I remember. Like, Justin, who's Justin Skysick, who's, uh, you know, who's staying here with us. And he's like, we would look at each other and he's just I'm like, this sucks, doesn't it? He's like, yeah, this sucks. So don't watch The tra Travelers. It's a real disappointment. It's a, 
it travelers is part of this um i don't know these these sci-fi shows that come out of canada like canada produces uh, so many sci-fi shows did you ever notice that i didn't know where i didn't know it came out of canada yeah like there's a lot of stuff that comes out of canada like um stargate comes out of canada like uh i mean honestly just just load loads of them in fact many of them <laughs> have you seen there's another sci-fi one that's I watched the half the first episode. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to watch. It's called Debris, I think. No, I haven't seen it. No. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, watch The Sinner if if you like that kind of. Detective. Did you check out um, Killjoys? No, I but I had seen that before, and I wasn't super. I mean, into it's it. not like highbrow or anything. It's it's it would be lowbrow, but it's just very buddy buddy. It's funny. It's just well, the, the way they talk to each other. And that and the expanse are the two that have been around a while that I've always kind of thought about, but I could never get myself. Motivated. No, the expanse. I I sort of liked the expanse for the first two seasons, but then it it got to the same place that that uh, shit. What was that show you just said? Um, what show? Traveler. The, what the bad one? Travelers. The, the travelers. travelers. Yeah, the expanse kind of got to the same level of interest as the travelers by about season three. It was like. No, but no, you know it's looking boring. looks really good. I haven't seen Canadian, it. by the way, Expanse. Right, Trouble. but you know what's looking really good. Um, the preview looks really good. Is Invincible? Oh, it's I haven't like seen an animated that. one. I mean, I don't know. I could be. I could be another fake out. But like the IMD was like a nine. Dude, you know what looks really good? Hmm. That is going. That I've been waiting my like practically my whole life to exist is Foundation. <laughs> oh yeah. On yeah. Apple. Yeah, foundation like, would be great. That look, that is looking good. Although they changed the characters up a little bit, which is a little annoying, but you know we'll see. They chose the perfect guy for Harry Seldon. Oh, that they? actor, he's like he's exactly how you could ima- you would imagine Harry Seldon. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. I'm, 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 I think that's good. And then Dune. Oh, are they redoing that? Yeah, there's a new Dune that's coming. Oh, out. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's sort of like a. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a controversy because the director and is is pissed that they're going to release it on streaming as a, as opposed to going to the theaters. Just like uh, Chris Nolan was really pissed when they released Tenet on uh, on streaming, right? They mm-hmm. get really these directors are really like they probably make less money, right, than if it goes to as a theater a theatrical release. That's probably mm-hmm. part of it. But the other part of it is is that, you know, they view themselves as artists, right? And like the medium they're they're working is the big screen, not, you know, watch sing at home watching it on your TV. So they get a little little irritated when that happens. But it's probably about money too. My guess is they don't make as much off streaming. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Um all right, well, I guess you got a hard stop in like a couple minutes, so we should probably cut it. Yep. All right. That's a wrap. We're out.